Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. <laughs> Here we go again. I know you guys like sitting around the tailgate telling stories with good buddies, cracking cold ones. No matter if it's hunting season or fishing season, well, so does the Outdoor Drive Podcast. So we're going to bring you Tales from the Tailgate. This is your host, East Coast Trev, with my boy, Madman Marnik. What's, what's up, bro? What's up, brother? Hey, man. Always great to be back and, you know, especially to have Tales from the Tailgate. This this one here is going to be a little bit special, something a little bit crazy. An absolute giant, giant black bear we got on the man, Travis Bailey. What's going on, bro? How's it going, guys? How are you, man? <laughs> Good to be here. Hey, Good to be appreciate here. it. Appreciate it. So you, you had the chance to slam down a, a pretty big uh, black bear, huh? It was, from my understanding, um, Massachusetts the Wildlife has already told me they do not keep records of black bear, but it is 100% the biggest one that I've seen recorded wow. in the state of Massachusetts. That's wild, so, man. Well, why don't yeah. we turn this key in the tailgate, bro? Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little about what you do? Yeah, my name's Travis Bailey. Um, I live up in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. That's Western Mass, uh, mountainous area. You know, we're we're bordered with upstate New York, so a lot of terrain to cover. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, you know, kind of just got into hunting actually in 2020. Um, oh, wow, so a little bit know, newer. Definitely not because of the pandemic. It was just when it all kind of came together for me. Uh, I actually own my own business, uh, keeping it real gardens. It's all uh, organic, um, mostly edible gardens and also native, native and uh, habitat uh, restoration. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like one of my biggest things is growing your own food, harvesting your own meat. Obviously, I've been spearfishing, you know, since, you know, I was probably 12 years old. And uh, that kind of guided me in. I'm a big red meat lover and uh, not being able to harvest my own red meat was kind of a thing that I was trying to get into. So I got into hunting from that. And uh, 2020 was when it kind of got started for me. And like I said, it's it's, an, it's it's something that's become obsessive for me. That's awesome, so. man. And especially being a newer hunter and now to take on what would be probably a record book black bear in the state of Massachusetts is pretty cool. That's definitely pretty cool. It is. It's been kind of a world when I kind of got locally famous for a while. And <laughs> for this happened in September. So I kind of got locally famous here um, as far as, you know, as far as the local hunters go and stuff like that. And just like the network. I mean, we've had guys out in uh, all the way in Eastern Mass, like heard about the bear and had got pictures of the bear and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool because those guys come up here to hunt during shotgun season and i ran into a couple of guys from eastern mass and they're like you're the guy who killed the bear <laughs> <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> 
<laughs> it was just it was just funny. It's like he's like I didn't even think that was real. I thought someone was bullshitting. <laughs> so so that now with that with bear hunting in Massachusetts, that's no bait, no hound. So what what typically right. is the style of hunting that you're doing to try and pinpoint where these so, bears are? I was on a piece of public land uh directly adjacent to a cornfield. Okay. So the corn is a grain corn. It wasn't. So it's, it was basically, you know, it stood for a while in the field and was just waiting to be harvested. And I mean, there's multiple bears that were just going in there. I mean, like clockwork every morning, every evening. And I just kind of picked the right, the right spot to sit. And, you know, I had, I was actually setting up cameras for deer. And, and so it was, when the bears came in, it was, it was like, they were just so readable at that time. It was like, so I, it was, you know, you're not baiting, but it's, they're going to a food source, just like you would hunt the deer. And, right. and that was kind of what I planned the whole situation off of. So, so why don't we kick it back right to September, the day that you harvested that bear or right. even before, and kind of take us through that story of, right. of this bear and, and where it resulted. Yeah. So the story goes, um, I want to go back to three years. Uh, cause I live, um, basically right off this public piece. And, uh, so three years ago, it was, I think it was late October. Uh, I have chickens and my one night, my chicken coop got absolutely annihilated. Like it got thrown across the yard essentially. And I had lost a few birds. The next day I was out there in the evening and someone came in to investigate and it was the biggest bear I've ever seen. And, uh, I kind of considered him the culprit of, uh, taking out my chickens that night and fast forward again to last year in November, I walked outside of my house. I had the birds outside. I walked outside and about, I don't know, 20 yards away was once again, the biggest black bear I've ever seen. Like to the point where it's, when you your stomach drops through your chest because you're standing 20 20 yards away from this just absolute unit <laughs> of a bear i was actually unit. terrified to be honest with you. I love that. <laughs> and, I, and uh and as the crazy thing was i wasn't really thinking about hunting bear at that point you know it's like i just got into deer hunting all my focus and energy was into deer hunting this was november we're like in mid mid rut and i wasn't really thinking about it um I did want to get a little bit of payback and resolve for the chicken situation. Uh, I knew that he was back in that yard scoping those chickens again. So I, you know, so I was like, something's got to stop here. We got to, we got to find a, a way to solve this problem. And uh, anyway, focus went into deer hunting for the rest of that season. He did uh, just to put this one in, he did walk away with like a limp in the back, in his back left leg. And uh, I kind of figured, you know, I think it was first season had just ended. I was like, maybe someone tagged him and he got away. I mean, the guy was huge. And um, so you'd have to make some pretty serious penetration, like however you're hunting him. And, uh, and it has to be a clean shot. Well, so fast forward to this year. And uh, I don't know where, where I kind of made the decision. I think it was just the fact that I had a really bad deer season the year before. My freezer wasn't as full as I wanted it to be. Um, I, you know, I actually, to be honest with you, I had never even eaten bear meat. I've heard, of course, the horror stories from the people that I, I think don't really know, 
that probably just like to put in their two cents. But then I've also heard people say that it's some of the best meat that you could you could actually get. And so um, I kind of just made the decision that I had time in September, like, you know, with my business was I kind of, you know, get to pick, you know, pick when I get to take some time off and, and when I need to work. So I was like, all right, well. I don't want to, you know, take too much time in September. I got a lot of things I got to finish up. But if I do have the time in September in that first season and my cameras are already out looking for deer, well, I might as well see what the bears are doing. And uh, and I'll buy a tag. Why, why wouldn't I? Right. I'm just like giving some money to the conservation aspect of it. And if I don't ever use it, so what? But if I'm out there and just happen to have an opportunity, well, I might as well take it. And um and then I put that camera out. It must have been like late October. And I'm not kidding you, man. This bear like started moving through that area out to that corn. So this camera was probably 100 yards away from the corn or so. And uh, he was moving up through the swamp to come out to the corn uh, every night and every morning. So he must he would go out there right about dark, like right when the sun went down. And then he would come back out right about when the sun was coming up. And he had done this almost like the week leading up to opening day for bear he had done it the same pattern almost every single day like i had him on there almost every single day and i was like man i was like this seems like uh like i knew he was big right you see how big he is i did not know how to gauge a bear specifically to say like this bear i was thinking like this bear could be maybe 400 pounds like this is you know what i mean like just thinking in my head like you know people always say like you know, 400 pound bear is a giant bear. Right. And I'm thinking like, I don't know how to really like estimate this weight. So I'm, when I'm seeing him, I'm thinking like he might be 400. Yeah. Who knows? You know? So no, no real idea. Um, but you know, he shows up on camera. I mean, he eclipses anything. There was like four other bears using that camera, uh, or going past that camera, uh, and, uh, to out to the corn. And so it was obviously a really good spot because that's where they were all funneling out through. But you could see the size difference between all the bears. I mean, you could you could see like the ones that were just they look like cubs compared to this thing. And so and he just had <laughs> to say like he had a fat ass, dude. This bear just had a hind <laughs> like his two hind quarters were just massive. <laughs> like, he was thick with two just, C's. <laughs> dude, I mean, his, his, he got he got a big old ass on him, dude. So it was just like he would waddle on by, dude. <laughs> and it was just you know, it, so he just stood out. And I was like, if he keeps this up and the season and the season opens, then I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in to to this spot and I'm gonna just give it a just give it a run. I don't know how it's going to go. Like I said, I, I had no real experience with it, but I was like, it seems like it's patternable and it seems like I, I might be able to make something happen. And so I was kind of chalking it up with the homies and I was like, what do you guys think I should use? Cause obviously we can use, you know, we can use a muzzle loader and I think you can actually even use a rifle and, uh, and you can use a bow. And I was like, I wanted to use the bow cause I felt like if it was that patternable, I could, I could get him with a bow. But, uh, if he, if he came by, but, um, I was like, you know what? I don't like, I don't want to, I heard some of the stories about like bear hunting and like, obviously you hit something like that, like that size with a bow. And then you got like the bear cry, you know what I mean? Like the death cry before they go. And I was like, man, I kind of want to make it quick and efficient. Cause it's my first hunt. So like, I think the, and the muzzle, the muzzle loader has always been like my go-to for some reason. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, 
it's a disciplined shot. You get one, make sure it's placed right. And like, you know, it just, to me, it was like, it's a comfortable piece of equipment to use. And so I, I figured I was going to go with the muzzle loader, so I don't mess this up. <laughs> so I went out there on September 12th, which was, I think it was three days after um, opening day, which was the ninth. Yeah. And, um, and I actually set up in a saddle, um, set the platform up. The platform was only up maybe 10 feet off the ground. I wanted to, there's a, a bunch of hemlocks that, so that goes from swamp to hemlocks. And then it kind of goes up like a small little ridge system. And, uh, it's about a hundred or 75 to a hundred yards to, to the corn where it clears up. And so I set up in the saddle just to stay under some like the lower hemlock boughs and uh with visibility because if you went up too high you could only basically see straight down and so i you know i just i set up knowing that like this funnel was pretty solid and that if anything came through at least i had like distance of visibility and so um i got in there at like two o'clock so i set up really early so you know it's like 75 degrees out and um it was right around six o'clock and i hear this uh noise coming from the cornfield and it's the tractor and i'm like you gotta freaking be kidding me this farmer is about to plow down this corn <laughs> the one day that i sit out here to <laughs> to hunt this bear and you know six o'clock was prime time because what seven o'clock was sunset so i was like we're in prime time we're, we're getting close and um and I was pissed, man. And he sure enough comes down the line and he runs down the back row of the corn. Um, he's coming basically from my left side and he runs the back row. And then I hear him do a loop. And as he's doing the loop, I'm so defeated at this point mentally because I'm like, hunt's over, game's over. Nothing's coming out of this swamp. It's pointless. This guy's going to, I don't know what he's doing here now, but he's going to be here forever. And he goes to do this loop and he comes back through the second row. As he's doing that, I'm already taking, you know, I'm already taking my, um, my tether off. I'm, I'm getting out of the tree. And um, I look up the hill. There's a small like little hill. It probably goes about like a 50 foot incline to the field. And when I turn around, I see this freaking monstrosity <laughs> running out of the cornfield oh. and coming down the hill. So homeboy was already in the corn. Oh. He was sleeping there <laughs> or doing whatever it was he was doing. So he was already in there. And this dude in the tractor actually chased him out and basically just ollie me. <laughs> And I turn around and I see this thing coming down the hill. And I'm not kidding you, man. He was beelining it right for my tree. And he's about 50 feet away and he's waddling down this hill. I mean, my heart sank through my butthole. Like, yeah, I was just like, I didn't, I didn't even know. Like, I couldn't even think. I like had to react. And I was, I was like, all right, what am I going to do in this situation? I got this farmer who's actually now coming across with his tractor almost completely parallel with me. I can actually see the top of the tractor. And I could see this guy's head in the, you know, like as he's driving through and I'm like, man, do I take this shot? This thing is going to run right in front of me. If not, just take me and the tree down. <laughs> Cause it was that close. Like he was coming down this hill diagonally right in front of me. 
And he actually once, and I, I just made the decision. I was like, I'm never going to have this chance again. <laughs> like this is, I, I felt like this was it. This was the moment I had to take it. So, you know, pop the safety off. And as soon as he ran in front of the tree, he basically crossed over to public land. And then he just got slightly quartered away from me. And I took the shot at like 12 yards. Wow. And uh, actually, the funny thing about the shot was I, when I looked down, I have a scope on it. When I looked down the scope, it was just all black. Mm-hmm. So I actually had to take my head and bring my head back just and actually shoot like with my eyes lined up above the scope because I couldn't even look at like through the scope. Because it's just completely <laughs> so I black. Ended up shooting. Yeah. And, and when I hit him, I knew like the shot was pretty well placed. And when I hit him, he grunted. He like made a grunt and then he just picked up the speed. And uh, I couldn't hear shit, so I couldn't. I could hear him running. I, I hear the tractor at this point. I look up to see if the guy in the tractor heard the shot. Well, he's got like some headphones on. He doesn't. He's probably listening to some music. So I don't know what he was doing. He did not have any idea that I just shot like fifty, you know, seventy-five yards away from him. A muzzle loader of all things, too. So he has no clue what's going on. He thinks and, Cheech uh, and Chong is up in the mm, tree. There's a giant smoke. Right, right. <laughs> big old smoke cloud. <laughs> so. I'm wait. I'm trying to listen to this bear. Like the bear picked up the speed and it starts crashing through. And there's like a bunch of honeysuckle before you get into the swamp, so it gets real thick. And uh, I couldn't like, so I couldn't see him. He actually went out of sight. And uh, I'm listening. I'm trying to hear if he like goes down. And uh, I couldn't hear anything because the tractor was going. So by the time he was out of sight, I had no idea like what exactly happened. I was like, all right, well, I'll, you know, trying to just put all the things together in my head after this i mean like i said i mean it it just happened so fast like it was within 30 seconds the trigger was pulled you know from me seeing this like freak of nature coming down the hill (laughs) and then all of a sudden me pulling the trigger was 30 seconds so like i didn't even have time to like you know like believe me i've gotten buck fever before i didn't have time to do this (laughs) like it was probably almost better that way (laughs) It was a hundred percent better that way. It was a hundred percent better. And, um, so, so he had taken off. And so like 10 minutes goes by and I, the suspense was killing me. I was like, I got to get down and at least look where the shot was. Cause I couldn't see blood actually. I couldn't see blood right away. Um, and so I jumped out of the tree. I walked over to where I shot him and sure enough, there was absolutely no blood. And I was like, there's no hair. There's no blood. Like there's what, like what, this is crazy. Did I miss? <laughs> like he made a noise. I figured I made contact, but I'm like, was it a bad shot? So I, all those things start going through my head. Um, the good thing is that being that this was a real kind of like a, a lowland area, like right before it goes up to the ridge into the corn, that the it, the ground was really soft. I could actually see where he started digging in and started drive forward. And so um, I kind of walked up to that trail and I started walking um with that trail still not seeing any blood which was crazy i still wasn't seeing any blood and um i got about like 20 i want to say like 25 feet and i kind of went wide off the trail a little bit just to get through where it really got me soggy and um man i looked forward and i could just see this mountain of black fur (laughs) just i mean he was he was balled up at like what was he probably 35 yards wow. right it's i know i wish it was 20 and so you have I the muzzle loader too 
What's that? Having the muzzle loader too. So if he's still alive, you got you got one shot. <laughs> right. So so I did before I got out of the tree. I yeah. already reloaded. Of course. And so the funny thing is that you say that it was like I actually like so I saw him laying there, and uh, like just seeing him laying there actually scared me again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> of course. So I actually walked way wide, mm. came all the way around from his front side. So I went completely like maybe another 50 yards all the way around and then came up from inside the swamp, like to come up from his front side so I could at least see his head. Absolutely. And, uh, and I was, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even want to just walk straight up to him because I was like, <laughs> I want to make sure this dude is down before I creep into that like 10 foot, like point of no return. <laughs> and, uh, and sure enough, yeah, he was, he was expired, completely done. Um, it was, and I just, once, Dude, it was like emotional to see something like that on the ground. Like you, I man, like because I have nothing but respect for everything mm -hmm. that I hunt, and like, and the harvest is the most important thing to me. And so it was like to be that close to something like that, and to be able to put your hands on it, and like, and like I said, I'm I'm like I've only been hunting for a few years, and I only like you know killed you know four you know four deer and a turkey. So it was like. That was, it was pretty, it was a pretty serious moment for me to like, I mean, just he's a, he was a king in his, in his world, you know? So it was like, it was pretty, it was, it was pretty special and, uh, and, and emotional at the same time. Did he have the limp? I was so going to ask the same thing. Is, yeah. is it the chicken right, So th that was my precursor to where I'm going to get to, but okay, uh, sorry. Gonna, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, <laughs> So he did not have a limp. So the limp was gone when he was, he was, he waddles, dude. He's so big. He just waddles. Yeah. So it's like, you really can't tell if he's walking normally or not. Cause he's just so mad. Just he's like, his, body just, yeah. <laughs> his body just waddles around when he picked up the speed. I was actually surprised at how fast he ran. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Cause you know, so he was like, he started moving like a train after I hit him. So it was yeah, anyway, uh, those were his, you know, final, his, his final 35, but it was he moved pretty quick through it and um and so yeah man it was, it was a special moment and uh all right so this gets us to the point where i realized what the hell did i just do right <laughs> what the hell did i just do and how how is how am i gonna get from like from what i just did to like how are we getting this thing out of here you're not, you, like, so you're not just gonna go you. grab the jet sled and, <laughs> and pull him up the hill dude <laughs> Also funny because I, I <laughs> when I started making phone calls, someone did bring a sled. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna help. <laughs> so if someone did show up with a sled. They're like, oh, let's let's get this thing out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, go get that guy with the tractor. Him. Wave the farmer down. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I don't. I heard he's a dick. I haven't actually communicated <laughs> with him personally, but uh, I, I imagine that like I, he'd shake my hand for all the corn I saved. Yeah. But um, but uh, regardless, it was like yeah. That's when I, it all sank in. And I was like, holy crap! What did I just get myself into? Like this. I don't even know. I mean, we can get to the field, but I have no idea how we're going to even move this thing. So I, you know, called the first guy I called was, uh, he's kind of like my hunting mentor up here in the mountains, um, Jay Rind. And, uh, I call him Sensei Jay because he's like the guy who teaches me the way of, of, of all of his arts of, of understanding deer hunting and, 
and Turkey. And, and, and so I, he's always the first person I call. And I said, Jay, I think I just shot the biggest bear in the woods. <laughs> and he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I need you to get out here. I need all the help I can get. And so I knew that wasn't going to be enough. So I called, you know, I called my dad after that. And I said, you know, dad, uh, I need, I need you to come help me figure out a way that we're going to move this thing. He's like, I'm like, it's a giant. And everyone, you know, of course is like, yeah, I'm sure it's, you know, good size bear whatever. And, uh, and then from there, he called my neighbor and, um, who was also a hunter, uh, Mike Ford. And, um, he said, all right, yeah, we'll come check it out. We'll see. So I met him at the entrance to, to the public park area and, uh, we walked back and, you know, of course the bring these guys back to this bear and everybody just stops and like <laughs> speechless and just they don't like not even like celebrate it like congratulations everyone's just like what the fuck man? <laughs> like, <laughs> like nobody even said like way to go dude everyone was just like what the fuck are we gonna do like what did you do <laughs> i feel like you're like i told you i told you i feel like you're I like the, you was big. <laughs> i feel like you're the neighborhood pyro kid that just lit the whole neighborhood on fire and you're like what do we do now (laughs) how how far is this bear from the truck right so where i like so where i had expected to pull it through public would have been i mean we're talking you know 500 yards there was yeah i mean just to even get to an access point to get to an access um like just would have been like a half mile yeah so to get like if we wanted to go what we ended up deciding to do was that we were going to try to come up through we're going to come down through the cornfield um regardless of obviously like so the farmer we didn't get to communicate with the farmer but we we're going to go for it anyway mm-hmm. um and uh well like in mass you can actually hunt private land without having permission it's a free uh, if it unless it's posted it has yeah. to be posted properly but um, we figured we, we, you know, obviously it's our neighborhood. We, we know everybody, small community, like, you know, someone has questions, like talk to them. But uh, we figured that was the best route. We decided at that point that we needed machinery, heavy machinery. Uh, we talked about tractors. <laughs> we talked about, Tanks, we talked about dump steers, trailers. We figured helicopters, like, gotta, National Guard. Right. So what Mike, my buddy Mike Ford had was he has a like a 500 cc quad with a winch on the front, and uh, and I have a dump trailer. So we ended up at that point. I gutted the I gutted the bear, and uh, I mean, you want to talk about guts, man? Holy freaking cow, dude! Like <laughs> they're like the the belly on this thing was ridiculous. I don't. It took me so long to gut this thing. It was it was outrageous um i mean just trying to roll it just move it into position to like gut it was almost impossible even with like two people it was just like you can't there's just no way to position it so it's like i'm basically i think at one point i was shoulders deep in this thing like in its body cavity trying to pull guts out (laughs) it was wild man i was covered in blood it was a massacre (laughs) um so anyway we got like we got the quad in there we got the dump trailer on scene uh, we get this thing hooked up to the quad. Uh, 
Oh, well, to backtrack, yeah, it was it was Jay Ryan, Sensei Jay, who showed up with the <laughs> who showed up with the sled, <laughs> and thank thank God for him. <laughs> Put one but, quarter uh, in it. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, "What the? Yeah, dude, I don't even know if that sled could have pulled a quarter, especially <laughs> on quarter." And um, anyway, so yeah, we ended up um, we hooked this thing up to the we hooked this thing up to the quad, tied it off to the back of the quad. Uh, remember this, the ground is pretty soft too. Like we're not in an area where it's hard ground. It's like, it's kind of swampy. Like you're already in an area where it's going to be hard to get traction. And, um, we started trying to rip that thing. We couldn't even budget man. 500 CC quad couldn't even budget. And, uh, so I have to sit on the, I'm sitting on the front of the quad, like trying to jump up and down, trying to get this thing to go and it won't go. So we ended up having to winch from every single tree. Like we went from, we went 20 feet to the first tree and we started winching and driving four wheel, just gassing it. Got to that one, had to winch to the next tree, four wheeling and gassing. Dude, it was like, it was wild. We eventually got to a point where the ground was hard enough to where we could actually like move it when we could move it just a good enough distance. But we finally got to that point. And then we got it out of, uh, we got it up into the back of the cornfield and that's where we had to winch it up into the trailer. And, um, holy crap, man, it was a mission. It was, I think we got out of there at like 1030. I shot the bear at six. I was going to so, ask what the time frame was yeah, at that point. It was, yeah. about, it was about, we got back to the house at 1030 and it was six o'clock when I shot the bear. So, so all said and done, we moved, we moved less than a hundred yards. In in like what five hours? Wow. <laughs> That's so, yeah, nuts. Was, so yeah, what was the so, overall um, what was the overall weight of it on a scale gutted? Right. So so the next day I took it to uh, and remind you that this is like September. It's like seventy five degrees out. Like it's cooking. I took it to um, I had to take it to a gravel yard where they had a, a certified state certified scale. And uh, to what just to weigh it because, like, none of the local areas were going to weigh this thing for me. I was like calling Mass Fish and Wildlife, and I was, you know, hey, do you guys like want to certify this thing? Is this could this be a record? And they're like, you know, of course, they don't get back to you anyway. But when you finally like make enough phone calls, you get a hold of somebody, and they're like, you know, oh, we don't have anywhere you can really weigh it. And um, I ended up taking it there, so I drove it up onto the scale, uh, and it ended up, it was like 10, I can't remember what the total weight of the truck and the trailer was, but we ended up offloading the bear. And uh, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like trying to do the math on the difference of like, oh, like, I hope this thing's like, you know, 450, 500 pounds or something like that. And uh, the girl comes back to me with the numbers after we offloaded the bear and then reweighed the truck and the trailer. And she was like, yeah, it's a difference of 620. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, this scale isn't accurate. How accurate is this scale? And she's like, it was certified a week ago. And I was like, you got to freaking be kidding me. So like, what would be like the difference if it was off? And she's like, it would never be off by more than like 10, five or 10 pounds is what she said. So 620 uh, with no guts in it. It was 620 dress. So then, so that was when I was in complete disbelief. I was like, this is, like we all kind of knew like the like the the normity of this thing, but yeah. we didn't really nobody wanted to put a number on it because you're just like <sighs> you just really don't know. 
I, I realize I know for a fact how hard it was to move around and how hard it was to, you know, because that was what Mike was saying. He was like, when we couldn't even pull it with the quad, he's like, I realized this thing was way above even what I thought it weighed. Wow. And so um, anyway, we ended up uh, ended up calling Mass Fish and Wildlife and talking to one of the biologists because I was asking, I was like, is there like a record that you guys have? And they're like, we don't keep black bear uh, records for for weight. Uh, in mass i don't know why they don't do it um they that's just what the biologist told me so i gave him all the data i actually started telling him the story and he actually didn't believe me <laughs> he was like this bear's not that big and so i sent him all the data like i emailed him all the data and he was supposed to get back to me about it he he hadn't got back to me about it like to this day i don't know i it, it, was, it was really bizarre to, to be honest with you like they just they didn't really have that much of an interest in it which i thought was which is the state like they're trying to keep tabs on you know, like they're what they have, like yeah. in the state, which is crazy because it's like when you harvest a deer, you know, they expect you to, you know, put down how many tines it has and, and like they want to count yeah. each side and like they want to know like a general like weight of it. So it's, it's kind of, it was, it was strange that like they didn't really have that much interest in it. So um, you would figure at, so at 620 pounds and you figure that had been an, what 150 to 200 pounds worth of guts in that thing like so it was so the what he told he actually told me he was like if you should if, if that bear was 620 dressed he's like you're looking at 14 percent to 18 percent okay is 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 what the guts weigh which he estimated at that means that bear was in like the 715 to 730 live weight mm, wow. which is like so we're talking like a you know 715 pound bear like if you know huh. live weight that's what, if, if though if that what was green scored the skull on that thing so the skull is still drying like okay. it has to dry for six months before you can um the taxidermist that i 60 brought, days i did what's that 60 day dry period on a on a bear skull oh i thought it was six months six that's 60 what, oh. days Oh, okay. Well, I need to go send that. Oh, well, then I'm sending it in. I honestly, <laughs> dude, I, I, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm pretty new to it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, know. no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's 60, 60 days, 60 day dry period on, and a lot of people don't know this. So we're talking about it. So it's a good thing, but 60 right. day dry period on, on antlers and skulls. So it's a. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's ready to go. Um, the taxidermist, Justin Gladue, he does Gladue's taxidermist up mm -hmm. here in Lanesboro in the Berkshires. Did he green um, score? Awesome dude. Um, he did a rough on it, like yeah. a rough, uh, and it was like, I think it was like almost, it was about 22, Ooh, 22 inches. Booner. Ooh, that's a was, Boone and Crockett bear. Wow. I think it's yeah. 20, 21. Right. Yeah. So, oh, so that's what, so that's what, that's what I'm waiting to, to send it into. Okay. Was, uh, Boone, was Boone and Crockett. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. It, are they six months? They might be six months. Is that correct? Mm, or no? I don't know. Me neither. We'll have, oh, okay. to, we'll have to look when we get off the podcast and find out. I know for a fact it's 60 days for antlers. It definitely 60 days for skulls, I thought, I thought it was. Yeah, I definitely thought that it was. I did too, but I could see skulls maybe being different. Yeah. Hmm. I, don't know. Right. I don't know. We'll have to look up so, the information. When we skinned it, it was uh, the bear was seven feet long, uh, like two inches. Seven feet long, two inches. The square when it was squared up, it was about seven eight, so seven wow. feet eight inches squared, which is like grizzly bear stuff. Um, did you do a full mount on it or did you rug mount it? 
Oh, we're, I'm rugging it. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing the rug. Yeah, um, rug. I w- I'm pretty excited for the rug situation. But yeah, I uh, would, I would yeah. too. They're both very expensive, <laughs> no matter what. The the actually, yeah, I don't know how much the full mount would have been. I just don't know if like I don't know what I would do with a full mount. I don't to be know. Completely if you honest, might up. You got French um, doors. The, I think the rug makes so much more sense because like basically, I'm just gonna cover a wall with it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So it'll, it's still, it's going to have the claws attached to it still, you know, so it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty, it's going to be pretty epic, I think. That's you, awesome. You um, would have a hard time getting a full mount through some of the doors in yeah. your house. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> That's, That's a what big I mean. Bear. Like eventually, eventually it's going to be like your Ram back there. It's just going to be like something someone's like getting going to throw away in the trash. I feel like <laughs> when I'm dead and gone, you know, obviously I would never get rid of it, but when I'm dead and gone, someone's going to be like, you want this for 50 bucks? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so it was like the rug just seems to me like, I don't know. It's just, it's easier to, it's, it's just easier to move around. No, absolutely. And, and uh, I think that, that, that's a great, that's a great way to represent that bear, you know, cause it's so big oh, yeah. and it's, it's an yeah, amazing it's, piece and, it's it's gonna be pretty. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. That's so so cool. anyway, I mean, this is like, like I said, it's a bear of a lifetime. I mean, it's. I ended up getting an article in the local paper about mm-hmm. it. Um. So that was pretty much my claim to fame on that. I mean, like I said, I, I thought it, it's kind of bizarre that like, you know, because that the state just doesn't really acknowledge much mm-hmm. about it. I did send in a tooth sample. I'm pretty, and I'm definitely interested to see like what this tooth comes back as, Absolutely. you know, especially, yeah. uh, I mean, my, the taxidermist, Justin was telling me like, you know, he shot a bear that was like 400 pounds and the, you know, the tooth sample came back and they aged it out. Like at the time he was like in his twenties, he was like yeah. saying the bear was as old as he was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really intrigued on seeing how old this bear is. And, uh, and I'll definitely reach out to you guys when, yeah. when I find out all that detail and, and get that skull measured officially. That's so, amazing. What an amazing story. And it's, it's yeah. an incredible bear. It's once in a lifetime. I mean, it's right. No first question. Yeah. First sit. I mean, that was my first bear sit ever. Uh, I got, I did, uh, so I do want to put this in there. Um, the, the, the limp the year before when I, I did, I didn't take a week off. Yes, me too. I've been waiting too. I wasn't going to let you get away with it. I promise. I wasn't. Right. I, I had, uh, so I did, so go back into the whole processing. I had to take a week off of work to process this bear. I had multiple freeze or multiple fridges on hand and I had coolers um multiple like 150 quart coolers that i had iced in and like this was the processing took forever man like just chopping this thing apart i got off its hindquarters there was about a layer of fat that was over seven inches thick seven inches thick of bear fat on this thing um i put it down on the table dude it looked like a whale like it was like whale blubber and um i saved all that fat uh, a ridiculous amount. I was cutting in that back left ham and, uh, I pulled out a 22 round, a 22 slug in pristine condition, like didn't even hit bone, just went right through the fat cheek and then into the meat and then stuck there. And I pulled that thing out of one of his hams. Um, and I saved it, but whoever it was the year before, Shot that bastard with a twenty-two round right in his left cheek. <laughs> just to, just a pest him, like to get him out of the bite. out of the yard, dude. Could you imagine? There's, there's no doubt that this bear like just did whatever he wanted. 
Oh. Um, when I, I rendered all of the fat from this bear. So I, I have, I basically have to buy a new freezer for the meat that I have. Oh, and my. I, yeah. And I gave a ton away. I rendered every little bit of that fat, uh, from this bear. I use it for cooking. I've made chapsticks with it. I've, uh, I've used it for, to waterproof my boots, my leather boots. I've used it for leather. I and mean, the stuff is gold. It's as good as gold. And I rendered every little bit of it. Um, I have quartz and quartz and quartz for days. And, uh, and yeah, man, it was, it's, it was a crazy, it's a crazy harvest. There's just so much resource from this bear. And I've come to that conclusion. Um, oh, and I pulled my slug out of it too. And the reason why there was no blood was because that slug went straight through him, double lunged him. Um, and, and actually went into his left scapula and stuck there. Mm. I pulled that slug out of his bone. So it the that fifty cal muzzle loader could not pass fully through his his left scapula. It was stuck at in the twelve bones. yards. At twelve yards. At twelve yards. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah. So and I, I I saved both those slugs. Yeah. So I have both wow. those. That's pretty wild. I couldn't believe that I recovered that. But um. But yeah, man. And like I said, it's this the resource is gonna go on for years. Like it's it's something that. Like, I, I don't know when I'm going to be able to empty that freezer of this bear. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to hunt a bear next year because I still have too much damn meat. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, you know, I, and I eat. That's the one thing I want to say. And I want this is because it has a, a weird stigma on bear meat. Bear meat is literally the probably one of the better meats I've ever had. It's the problem that I find with it because I cook a lot. Like, I do a lot of cooking. And, um, venison I love because you can eat. Like, I like rare meat, like rare red meat. Mm-hmm. I like it rare um venison you can cook with that rare that rare center bear you cannot do that with because of trichinosis Mm -hmm. you have to have it at like 165 for a certain amount of minutes um so personally if you're doing like burger or something or you're doing steaks i don't really like bear is not fantastic for me because i you end up having to kind of put it like well you know Mm -hmm. and uh so venison personally for for steaks and and um and and burgers and things like that but for bear with like roasts and slow cooked preparation tacos anything that you're doing is like man dude it's better than beef Mm -hmm. it's better than beef and i'm not dude this bear as old as it was i don't care how many trash cans this dude tipped i don't care how many like you know chickens (laughs) weird situation (laughs) we had a weird situation where you know there was uh r.i.p a girl found in that public area you know uh i don't know if this bear got a piece of that (laughs) um but uh it that meat is man that meat is absolutely epic like absolutely epic and i don't know if i'll ever want to shoot a bear that big again (laughs) i mean i certainly it's it's just crazy. It's a wild. It's you got to be prepared, hundred percent prepared. You can't go into that unprepared. And I learned the hard way, dude. That's I learned amazing. the hard way, big time. That's but such bear a cool is story, epic, man. Did uh, it's absolutely epic. By any chance, after you killed the bear, did anyone come out and say they also knew of the bear or they were planning on hunting that bear? As far as you know, it was just yeah. you or what? No. So that leads me to kind of my next. Um, yeah, that kind of what I was going to go into about is that people have seen the bear, like they had witnessed the bear, um, in that area and everyone was like, man, that's a giant bear. But also a lot of people aren't hunting bears anymore. Like this is kind of a thing that like nobody's really doing. And Mm -hmm. I feel honestly, 
that this is the reason why these bears are getting so massive anyway is because nobody they don't really have a lot of hunting pressure on and um you know and i i kind of did it in uh in payback for my chickens um and the fact that like i wanted to make sure that i had meat in the freezer before deer season came around so the pressure was off because uh, deer seemed to elude me a lot more than this bear did <laughs> but um and good good note on that i did take the fat gristle and feed it to my chickens and man, they got their sweet revenge <laughs> they, got, they got their sweet revenge I love it. Oh, they were like this one's for bertha <laughs> this one's for margaret <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel you. Dude, I have chickens, man, and I—I I mean, they're—I just love them to death, man. Like they're the shit. Yeah, it was funny when the, the local newspaper when they printed the article with me, and it, the, the the article pre-staging my article of the bear was bears breaking into chicken coops locally. <laughs> <laughs> was it was an article on that, and then it like staged into like this guy shot a you know six twenty. Of course, there's like all these people up here too. It was like specific towns and stuff where like. Oh my God! Don't ever put a dead bear in the newspaper again. Oh, you know, like, <laughs> like my chill. This is a family paper. Oh. <laughs> it's like you don't feed your family; you go to the supermarket. That's right. Mm. So, yep, that's the way it. that it goes, though, man. But hey, right? he's done. It's six hundred and twenty pounds, seven plus mm-hmm. seven feet. And it's an amazing bear, an amazing story. It's it's absolutely yeah, man. incredible, man. Congratulations on that bear. That's a once in a lifetime bear. And you obviously deserved it. You said you needed meat in the freezer because the deer season has been tough. You got plenty to go around now. Now you can focus on right. a good whitetail. There's, there's no doubt. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I had to buy a new freezer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I got meat in the freezer and then I had to buy a new one. That's awesome. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, so I'm not complaining about that. But no, yeah, man, it was, it was quite the experience, quite the whirlwind. I'm definitely going to continue to actually – a few days later, there's another bear in there that's probably in the realm of like that 500 pound mark. So there's another, there's another upcomer, absolute like historic, like prehistoric bear that's, <laughs> that's awesome. stomping around in there. Well, so, by the uh, time that you're ready to shoot another bear, he'll probably be around the 700 pound range too. Yeah, no, no, no <laughs> doubt. Well, I, I do intend on trying to fill a tag next year, so I don't. But like I said, I better be damn prepared if it's going to be five hundred plus. <laughs> yep, for sure. Well, Travis, but, yeah. we we appreciate you jumping on with us, man, and telling your tales. And uh, we hope we hope that uh, you can get another bear or another big buck, and we can do another tales with you in the future. Oh my god, I want a big buck so bad, dude. You'll get it. You'll get it. We'll give you we'll give you the uh the luck of the podcast. Oh yeah. So that's always a right, good thing. Yeah. So hopefully dude, hopefully dude, that pans out for you. Doing these eight mile days, man, and co- just covering territory. It's like and just these deer just God, man, it's hard to get them up here. It's yeah. fucking hard. <laughs> well, like we say, man, killer's gonna kill. And for everybody else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive.